Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Hello and welcome to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Thank you for joining me today as we look at Psalm 94, uh, simply titled in my English translation, probably something similar in yours too, The Lord Will Not Forsake His People. It is a promise and a reminder of the promises of God. The psalmist calls on the Lord in this psalm as a judge to bring justice to arrogant evildoers, those who disobey Him. And so... Um, many things in this world are, you could take typologies to an extreme, but there are many things in this world that really are typologies of Jesus Christ or of God himself. Um, one of those is a judge. A judge's job is to execute justice. God is just, and he indeed judges and executes justice. And so this calls on the Lord as judge to execute his justice. Let me read for you Psalm 94, and then I will get into my commentary. O Lord, God of vengeance, O God of vengeance, shine forth. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Repay to the proud what they deserve. O Lord, how long shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked exult? They pour out their arrogant words, all the evildoers boast. They crush your people, O Lord, and afflict your heritage. They kill the widow and the sojourner and murder the fatherless. And they say, the Lord does not see. The God of Jacob does not perceive. Understand, O dullest of people, fools, when will you be wise? He who planted the ear, does he not hear? He who formed the eye, does he not see? He who disciplines the nations, does he not rebuke? He who teaches man knowledge, the Lord, knows the thoughts of man, that they are but a breath. Blessed is the man whom you discipline, O Lord, and whom you teach out of your law, to give him rest from days of trouble until a pit is dug for the wicked. For the Lord will not forsake his people. He will not abandon his heritage, for justice will return to righteous, and all the upright in heart will follow it. Who rises up for me against the wicked? Who stands up for me against evildoers? If the Lord had not been my help, my soul would soon have lived in the land of silence. When I thought my foot slips, your steadfast love, O Lord, held me up. When the cares of my heart were many, your consolations cheer my soul. Can the wicked rulers be allied with you, those who frame injustice by statute? They band together against the life of the righteous and condemn the innocent to death. But the Lord has become my stronghold and my God, the rock of my refuge. He will bring back on them their iniquity and wipe them out for their wickedness. The Lord, our God, will wipe them out. So there's a little bit here that stands out to me. I want to look at, first of all, what the psalmist says here in the beginning in verse 2. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Now we've seen this type of language before, calling God to awake or arise. It's not as if he's already he's sleeping. That's not the case. But the psalmist is is conveying his desperate plea for God to act. God to act and execute his justice. 
I'm reminded of Leviticus, Leviticus 11.44. For the Lord, for I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves therefore and be holy, for I am holy. You shall not defile yourselves with any swarming thing that crawls on the ground. Now, when you read something like that, you think, well, God has all these laws and these rules. And certainly when you read the Old Testament, New Testament too, really, but the Old Testament for sure, you can read it and think, well, there are a lot of rules God has. And most of these rules, well, all of these rules were because these rules were designed so that we convey, so that we portray the character of God. For example, murder. God is not a murderer. And there are those that would argue, well, God has killed people before. He is not a murderer. He kills people. He has killed people before in judgment and in justice, out of justice. God also is the only one who can do that because he is the giver and taker of life. The reason we cannot murder is because we are not God. It is not our job to give and take life. Even in the birth of a baby, that baby is not a product of the mother and father. In fact, the mother and father are the people who will raise the baby, but ultimately that baby comes from God himself, originates with God himself, and has been planned from before etern- from before time began. And so the mother and the father are simply catalysts. They're simply conduits of God's um, life-giving actions. And so... When God gives a rule when in the Old Testament or the New Testament, in anywhere in Scripture, when he gives a law, if you will, or a command, that is so that we reflect the character of God as his people. And the character of God is just. And so when injustice happens in the world, especially when it happens with Christians, we are not portraying who God is. And so there are times when God will act and execute justice through his position as the ultimate judge. And so the psalmist here cries out, Rise up, O judge of the earth. Repay the proud what they deserve. It's a way of saying that, in other words, they don't deserve anything. What they deserve is the worst of the worst. And so God, give them that. And God is the only one who truly can. The psalmist then asks in verse 3, O Lord, how long shall the wicked exult? We've seen this type of question in the book of Psalms. How long, O Lord, we are waiting and we're pouring out our hearts to you because of it. Verse 4, they pour out their arrogant words. In other words, they should be ashamed and silent, but instead they shout their evil accomplishments from the rooftops. They are proud of what they have done. Verse 6, uh, well, the, the psalmist here lists uh, a, several actions that the evildoers he is speaking of d- uh, have done. Verse 6, they kill the widow and the sojourner and murder the fatherless. And these are people that God has a heart for, the needy, the poor. Verse 7, they say the Lord does not see. We've seen language like this before. We think we can get away with it. God does not see us. The wicked in their prosperity believe that God doesn't care what they do. And if we're not careful, we can get into that spot as well and believe that God doesn't really care what we do and when in fact he does. Verse 8, 
Understand, O dullest of people, fools, when will you be wise? The wicked will be wise when they shed the illusion that God doesn't know their evil schemes or that he isn't able to do anything about them. If you are living in sin, and that goes on for an extended period of time, don't think that God doesn't see it or he doesn't know about it or that there will not be consequences because those happen in his time and in his way. Verse 11. The Lord knows the thoughts of man. So he knows even the secret thoughts hidden in the heart. I'm reminded of Psalm 90 that we just went over in verse 8. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. God knows the deepest thoughts in our minds and the most evil intentions in our hearts. I love verse 12. Blessed is the man whom you discipline, O Lord. We might not think as of, of the Lord's discipline as a blessing. And there, there was a point in my life where I wondered, it, can I even be called a Christian? Am I a Christian? Because I shouldn't act like this, and a Christian truly wouldn't act like this. A Christian wouldn't do this. And the greatest confirmation that I was a child of God was the fact that he disciplined me. And some of you have been there. Many Christians have been there, and that is confirmation that you are his, because if you can go on living in sin without conviction, without consequence, you might want to question whether or not you are, first of all, a child of God. And there are those that might say, oh, aren't we all children of God? No, we're all God's creation, but we are not all God's children. Only those who have received Jesus Christ as the only way, the truth, and the life can be called children of God. Verse 13. To give him rest from days of trouble until a pit is dug for the wicked. The psalmist recognizes here that there is often a delay between a wicked act and its punishment. And so if you see injustice in the world, you see injustice happening, take hold of the truth that God sees that he is for you, that he is for his people, and that he will act. That there will be punishment. Unrighteousness does not go unpunished. And so the unrighteous may prosper for a time, but they will pay for their crimes. That is a certainty. Verse 14. For the Lord will not forsake his people. God may discipline the righteous, but he will return them to conformity to his will. He will never leave them. Even when God was disciplining me in my own life, he was right there with me, loving me, embracing me just the same as he always had and as he always does with all of his people. Verse 16, who rises up for me against the wicked? The psalm takes on a personal note here as the author prepares to mention how God delivered him. And he mentions specifics. In verse 18, he says, When I thought my foot slips, your steadfast love, O Lord, held me up. Specifically, God's love for those in covenant with him. Verse 20. Can wicked rulers be allied with you? A king who perverts justice, which there those exist even in the world today. We can think of many leaders around the globe who pervert justice. These are wicked rulers. A king of Israel was to reflect the kingship of God, particularly God's justice and compassion. 
And the psalmist refers to an Israelite king who did not seek the will of God. And there are many such, such examples from the history of the divided kingdoms of Israel and Judah. And you can see many of these wicked kings. The point here is that God sees every intention of the human heart, every thought of the human mind. And while there is injustice in the world, God is a God of justice. And the biggest point here is that God reigns over all. The previous psalm talks about the Lord reigning, that he is sovereign and he is over all. And so don't lose heart. Even though you see injustice in the world, God's justice will prevail. And so the psalmist here cries out for God to act as judge, which he will. And it doesn't mean we shouldn't cry out and pray for that. What that means is that it will happen in his time and in his way. Uh, again, this psalm was set in not as robust of a style as you might think. It's a slower setting. Uh, it turned out to be an absolutely gorgeous setting. Um, often I sit down and I begin composing these settings. And, you know, I may not be that impressed at first, but I need to crank out two psalms a week, so I'm trying to do it. And then as I play it and I record it and start to arrange it, it just turns out to be something far more beautiful than I ever expected. This is one of those. I really like the setting of this in Psalm 94. So here is Psalm 94 set to music. Thank you for listening today to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Of men the Lord knows, knows that but a 
Just judgments will be rendered Justice will return again Who for me withstands the wicked Who against wrong pleads for me If the Lord were not my helper Soon my soul would silent be If I say my foot is slipping Lord your mercy will uphold You cheer when my thoughts are anxious Can an Just wants to be king.